Morning. It's good to see you and take a look around. We're missing some people today, and some of them we know why they're gone, and some of them we're not sure why they're gone. And one thing, we talked about that in our last men's meeting a little bit, and I want everyone to make a special effort for sure in the next month or two um, to reach out to everyone um, who's not here on a Sunday, especially um, those that have been long-term gone, like the Lentz family. I know that um, Suzanne's been here a few times, but the Lentz family, and also um, think of Kim and Jason, and think of Casey. Um, it's good to see Irma and Georgina, but I know they would appreciate you reaching out to them, and you know, just uh, I, I think about how trying that is. We talked about uh, Janet and Cindy, the people that deal with some complications the rest of us don't deal with very often. And, and if you don't watch out, those people start feeling like they're all by themselves and think we forget about them. And that's shame on us. So let me encourage you. And if you wonder who isn't and hidden here, Kathy happens to do us a great job of keeping track who is and isn't here. And that she easily sets right there and you can look it up. You go marking on it, she might tear you up. But you can look at it and that won't be any problem. But let me encourage you to do that because I think one of the interesting lessons early in the Bible, you guys remember two brothers by the name of Cain and Abel? And you remember Cain's reply to God when he was looking for it? What am I, my brother's keeper? You know the correct reply to that is, yes, you are. And so let us, the men of this congregation, we think, we talk, we pray about things like that. I want you to think we don't just talk about, um, you know, paying the electric bill and stuff, but we, we talk about some very important spiritual things. And uh, anyway, we want to encourage everyone to do that. I know uh, there can be many reasons why people get frustrated with that, but it's never wrong to do the right thing. So we've got to remember that. Um, it's kind of interesting. My lesson today over in Hebrews, building it from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, uh, I thought it was interesting in the King James, I didn't read it in the King James, I read it in the New King James stuff, but uh, it talks, it used the word patience, where my numeric standard first uses the word endurance, and then it talks about what Jesus endured in two occasions in this text, and you know, the word I use, just hang in there. That's what endurance is, hang in there, keep on keeping on. We've got to hang in there, we've got to keep doing what the Lord would have us to do. And you know, a lot of people, when the going gets tough, they quit. Now, I am thankful that people in this room treat me well. I don't deserve it, but I'm thankful you treat me well. But no matter how much, what you treat me like, that's not going to come between me and God ever. But I've watched brethren use other brethren excuses of why they don't obey God, and I'm telling you what, that boat don't float. And we don't get to use other people as any excuse for what we do or don't do. Now, we don't want to be a stumbling block to someone else. But I think about that when I think about this idea of we've just got to keep on keeping on. We've got to hang in there. Matter of fact, if you look here in Hebrews 12, as Vernon read for us just moments ago, verses 1 through 3, you'll see there's a lot said. And of course, this is a continuance or a concluding remark, the first three verses are concluding Mark to chapter 11, where he gave example of example under the Old Testament that men and women of the Old Testament that were saved were saved by faith. 
And that's what it's going to take from us. And so we've got this. Some people, instead of calling it the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And I could preach for months on Hebrews 11. I mean, there's so much in there and so many people and so many great lessons. And he says, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, it isn't like God didn't abundantly, he didn't supply one or two, a great cloud of them. I mean, it's just everywhere, all this. And it says, so we have to, in verse 1, in my numeric standard, it says we've got to run with endurance. We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. We've got to understand he endured what he went through for the joy set before him. We have to do the same thing. And then in verse 3, consider him who has endured such hostility. Indeed, Jesus did, and he didn't deserve any of it. Sometimes people say, well, I don't deserve to be treated like that. Well, we'll look at a passage. What's that got to do with anything? It's just how it works. And so we're going to look at a few verses. As a matter of fact, I've got several of them written down. We'll see what we can get through. I'm going to hurry through some of them. But turn over to James since it's close. James chapter 1. Uh, go right here to verses 2 and 3. It kind of gives you where he's starting the book of James. And you're going to see he kind of ends with it in chapter 5. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Oh, that's why I just love it when I'm tried. No. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You know what? If your faith isn't tested, listen to me, it cannot endure. So if your faith is going to grow and it's going to take you to the other side, into eternity, it has to be tried while it's here. That's part of living here. So you prove who you are. And you don't ever get to prove who you are till those struggles come. And sometimes it takes just sucking it up. And remember, just hang in there. While we're in James, turn over to the last chapter of James, James 5. Look at this. Um, we could look at several things here, but look at verse 11. We count those blessed who endured. Have you heard of the endurance of Job? Maybe I should have just taken a long time today and read you the book of Job. Woo! What endurance. Wow. Any of you ever had to endure what Job endured? Uh-uh. Wow, but he did. Go on down in chapter 5, um, in 7, 8, and 9, he talks about, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. And then again in verse 8, you too be patient. And then in verse 9, he throws another one in there. So twice he says be patient, then he says and don't complain about it. So you've got to be patient, you've got to endure and quit being a crybaby. You can't complain about it. You guys already know I like Philippians 2.14 because of that teaching. And we have to remind ourselves of that because it's so easy instead of talking about how great things are in our life, we talk about the one or two things that are a struggle all the time. Now let me tell you something. I thought about this today. I had the TV on a little bit today and some news stuff, which is kind of a joke to me. But um, I, I listened to that. And you know what? I sometimes get fed up with some of the things that are going on in the United States of America. But I'm going to tell you something I believe. I still believe that we have so many great blessings in this country and we need to be thankful for those blessings. We're able to meet here today and worship God unmolested 
and protected by the law. And yet we'll cry about one or two other things that aren't going right. And I know there's a bunch of them. Don't get me wrong. I know what they are. But I think about that sometimes and how Satan uses that. You know, I just think about it with the presidential race that's coming up. Well, from what I can see, we don't have a decent choice to choose. Okay? But I'll tell you what, I don't care what party it is or what candidate it is, they're not going to fix a stinking thing. And if you think they are, you've been fooled. The devil has you. The only thing that's going to fix anything is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we get to talking about politics, I want to ask you this last week, did you talk more about Trump and Biden than you talked about Jesus Christ? If you did, the devil won. I'm afraid we talk about that stuff all the time, and then we wonder why we can't get anybody to obey the gospel, because we don't talk about it much. Wow. So we got to endure. we got to hang in there no matter what it is. Now, there's a lot of passages, one of them, and we'll hit a few of these, that talks about how important endurance is. But look over at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And uh, go down to verse 22 of Matthew 10. And you will be hated by all because of my name, he tells his apostles. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. So maybe being a preacher, maybe I just need to preach on endurance about every other week. Maybe I need to just preach about hanging in there every other week. Because the only way you or I are going to be saved, we've got to endure whatever comes. I don't know what has come. I don't know what's going to come in everybody's life. But we can do it. Passage we know so well, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. I can endure and so can you, so quit saying you can't. You might think it's more than you can handle, but the Lord will not allow you to be tempted beyond more than you can endure, more than you can handle. He's always going to supply a way of escape, and so we have to hold on to that. Look at a couple of them in 1 Corinthians. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is all through the New Testament. When you find it time after time after time after time in the New Testament, now, my mama was this way, and so I think she might have got this from the Bible, because my mom read a little bit in the Bible. And so she would tell me things like, if I told you once, you can complete it. Her point was, if I tell you once, that should be enough. If God said it one time in the Bible, is that enough? When he repeats himself, do you think he's wanting to emphasize something? Well, you pay attention to how many times he tells us to hang in there and endure. And I don't like the word endure. Because endure isn't something, it's a beautiful day outside, right? It's a beautiful day. You know, you don't have to endure days like this. There's no endurance to days like this, unless something's wrong with you. Now, I'll tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you how it is, though, people. I talked to someone the other, last week and had a beautiful day. I said, man, can you believe this April weather we're having in February? Here's what they said. They can't even enjoy it. Allergies are killing me. See, I mean, no matter what, you can't enjoy what God gave you without finding what's wrong with it. You know what? I pretty much figured there's no hope. Do all things. He just said, don't complain, endure, and don't complain about it. Wow. 
That's something, isn't it? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 11 and 12. To this present hour, listen to this, we are both hungry and thirsty and are poorly clothed and are roughly treated and homeless. Does that describe anybody in this room? Don't look like it looking at you. And we toil, working with our own hands. And when we are reviled, we bless. And when we are persecuted, we endure. Wow. I mean, I look at all that's in that list. He does a lot of enduring. Sometimes we forget how good we have it, don't we? And so when something gets a little rough, we think we're really putting up with it. Well, maybe you need to read this and say, well, I'm glad I wasn't Paul's traveling companion because that would have been rough. Wow. We've got to endure. We've got to keep our eyes on the things above. Look at another one in 1 Corinthians. Go over to chapter 9. Chapter 9 and verse 12. If others share the right over you, do we not mourn? He's talking about those who share the gospel with you. If anybody should be shared with, the one who teaches you God's word is the one. Nevertheless, we did not use this right, because, but we endured all things, well, listen to this, so that it will not, so that, excuse me, so that we will cause no hindrance of the gospel of Christ. Hmm. You remember when Paul talked about eating the meat and not eating the meat? Paul believed eating the meat's no problem. Sometimes did he not eat a meat? Why? Because he didn't want it to hinder those people obeying the gospel. So anything he thought would be a hindrance to someone obeying the gospel, he did. Not that it was wrong, but it could hinder somebody from obeying the gospel. So it's wrong in that case. I'm not going to do it. Paul would say it like this: I become all things to all people, that I might win some. And so it says, sometimes you just yeah, you got the, as Americans, and I, and I worry about this in my whole life, if I learn one thing that you're supposed to remember that when you're an American, I have rights. I think that's totally stupid. Do I have rights? Yes. But see, we focus on our rights and we forget about the blessings. And when I'm focused on my rights, it means I don't care about yours. And I'm not putting you first. And I'm not being very Christian. And so this is, so you got to endure. You got to hang in there. You got to suck it up. You got to keep on keeping on. One of my favorite passages on enduring or hanging in there is over in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 10. I love this verse. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also obtain the salvation which is in Christ and with it eternal glory. Why is he put up with these things? Why does he go through these pressures? Why does he deal with these struggles? Because he's concerned about their salvation. Let me, let me ask you a question. How many times have you heard someone say, well, I told them, so I covered myself. What, what, have you ever read those words in the Bible? Hmm. Really, what am I... Now, don't get me wrong. I want to go to heaven more than you can imagine. But I also know that 
your salvation has to be as important to me as my salvation or more important to me than my salvation. Because if Christianity is explained in the short message of what Christianity is, it's selfless and never selfish. See, I'm never selfish. I never walk on this side and get a deviled egg. You think about that. That is kind of funny. And if it was the last deviled egg, I'd probably take two. No, but you look at that. that. Do I do that because I want to make sure you get a deviled egg, whether I get one or not? That's not why I go over there and get a deviled egg. Hmm. So even though you would all say, that's fine, Kendall, that you do that, but it's still based a little bit on Kendall putting Kendall first, isn't it? Maybe in a small little way, but it still is. It still is. And you know why we do that? Because we kind of act like that. We kind of think like that. Hmm. Wow, that's a lot to think about. We endured that they, someone else, may obtain salvation. Look at another one in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Now this is interesting because this is about someone that wouldn't endure something. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now I'm going to tell you what, and the rest of you too, but Ben and I, having preached full-time or preaching full-time, have had brethren who are ready to send us up the river for preaching the truth. They don't want, I don't, I don't want to hear it, preacher. They will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears to, just tell them what they want. They will accumulate to themselves teachers. You can always find someone to teach what you want to hear. Did you know that? And turn away their ears. Listen to this. Verse 4 is so important. They will turn away their ears from the truth and aside to a myth. I can't help it. That's the truth. I've had people get mad at me for telling the truth. I've had people that are members of this congregation at different times got mad at me for telling them the truth. Later, they're glad I did tell them the truth. But when I first gave it to them, boom, they'd like take my head off because it wasn't what they wanted to hear. And it's going to demand change or demand them to stick in a situation. I got to tell you, what good am I if I don't tell you the truth? I, if it's going to be in God's Word, I got to see it's in God's Word. And I've got And the big challenge of telling people the truth is making sure we use the truth in the context in which it's used. Because if we use it out of its context, you know it's not the truth anymore. And so we've always got to surround ourselves. Yeah, but what's it say? And what's that word? You know, and sometimes people say, yeah, but I, and that's not what it's saying. That's not in that context. And so sometimes people, they'll just shout. I know people all the time. I've talked to people, be in different places I've been, that come and look at a congregation, and they tell me we're church shopping. That's a real biblical term. We're church shopping. You know what that usually means? We're going to find a church that will give us what we want. I've only had one time anyone ever said, we're looking, we're looking for a congregation where we can come and we'll be an asset and we can work. You know what I tell them? I think you just found it. Because that's the kind of people I want. That's the kind of people I want to be around. That's the kind of people, Lord, they're not here to see what they can get out of it. You know, mo most people come to a church service for what they're going to get, not what they're going to give. And have you ever heard you get out of something what you put into it? Well, maybe the reason they don't get much out of it because they don't put much into it. 
So you got to endure. You got to endure sound doctrine. So the point is, is sound doctrine sometimes hard to swallow? You got to endure it. But they won't endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear it. When it gets tough, just tell us something else. Look also, this is, this is kind of like hit you two times, like right, left, real quick, this next verse. Go over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Make sure I give you the right verse. Verse 20. For what credit, this is the one I told you we'd get to. For what credit is there if when you sin you are harshly treated? Well, I hate to tell you, but if you sin, you deserve to be harshly treated. If I get mad at, we'll pick on Charlene, I get mad at Charlene, and I say something mean to her, and you all hear about it, and then you're all going to tell me to straighten up, and you're going to treat me a little rough, I deserve it, don't I? Because I spoke to her in a way I shouldn't have spoken, even if, no matter what she did to me. Huh. It says, don't be crying when you get in a tough situation because of some sin you committed. What's he go on to say? You just endure it. Now listen to this. Endurance is already enough. You've got to endure it. Patiently be patient. Endure it with patience. But if when you do what's right and suffer, that's not fair. No, it's not. When you do what's right and suffer, for it you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. Hmm. I'm pretty sure this verse says no matter what you get thrown at you, Kindle, just patiently endure it. Now, I know, if you know me, I'm the, patient, I'm the epitome of patience. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe I'm more patient than I used to, and sometimes I remember an impatient, and sometimes I'm incredibly impatient. Oof. And so when I'm impatient, you've got to patiently endure it. And we've got to remember that with one another. And we've got to remember when we're Christians, and even when people mistreat us, and we, we, when we do what's right and we're mistreated for it, patiently endure it. Did they ever treat the prophets poorly because they preached the truth? Did they ever treat Jesus poorly because he preached the truth? Did they ever treat the apostles? You guys want me to keep up with the list? I don't know, but in that list, it wouldn't be bad to make that list. Would it be bad? I'll use my name. I'd like my name to be there. So we got Daniel, and we've got Jeremiah, and we got Isaiah, and we got, we'll just jump a few, and we got Jesus, and we got Paul, and we got Peter, and we got Kendall. I don't know what that list is, but I want to make it. Huh. Well, you know what? You got to patiently endure it, whether they treat you right for wrong for doing what's right or wrong. You've got to patiently endure it. So that you just got to hang in there. Let's look at another one. Jump back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. I've told people on more ways, you've got to hang in there, man. Hebrews 10 and um, verse 36. For you have need of endurance. I'm not tired of this endurance thing. <laughs> For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what was promised. Did you catch that? 
Now let me ask you a question. You guys know the answer. Did God promise those who are in Christ heaven? Did he? He did, didn't he? God promised those in Christ heaven. He promised them heaven. But you got to just endure it while you're doing the will of God, no matter what happens, if you're going to receive the promise. You know, some people want the promise, God, I want it right now. You know, it's kind of like, God, give me patience today. What? That's not how it works. And you ever pray to be strong? You know, strength only comes through trials. I'll be weak, God. I'll be weak. <laughs> you know, I don't want all them. No, that's how it works. And so, as you look at all this, we've got to endure it. We've got to patiently endure it. We've got to keep on. And we have need of endurance because if we don't endure in keeping the will of God, we won't receive the promise. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I've known brethren who were faithful to the Lord. I mean, I, I knew them and they were, faith, they were sound and faithful to the Lord. And they got my age or older, and for one reason or another, they threw in the towel. And all I think, what a waste of everything. What? And I'm telling you what, I can name a bunch of them. I can name some of the greatest minds and gospel preachers and authors in our brotherhood who did that. And then started garbage. What is wrong with you guys? Do you not know everything you stood for and everything you taught and everything about God you just flushed down the toilet? What is wrong with you? When you should be moving towards him, you walked away from him. And then I think about another passage in James. If you draw near to God, what's God promise? So the point is, if I'm not as close to God as I need to be, guess who moved away? I'm the guilty one. Wow. I remind you of this all the time. Our reward's in heaven, not here. So he doesn't promise we're always going to get everything we want or it's always going to go as smooth as we want or people are going to react or act properly all the time or people are going to change as fast as we want and you've got to hang in there. Now, you've got to do what the Bible teaches. You've got to do what it says. And sometimes, in some situations, God drew a line and says, you know, after this, this is what happens and you've got to draw a line. Well, really, you don't have to draw a line. You just got to let the line be known, and you got to submit to it. Wow. Huh. Let's look at two more passages, and it'll be yours. Go over to uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1 and uh, verse 23. Listen to this. For you have been born again. Yeah. Not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. Hmm. That is through the living and enduring Word of God. Not now, Peter wrote that almost 2,000 years ago. Well, that's old. And it doesn't apply anymore. Oh, believe you me. It's different in every other book. It endures because it's the enduring Word of God. 
We could go to other passages that tell us it endures forever. It's living and enduring. Now you think about that, living and enduring. Let's say you get to heaven. You live through this life and you get to heaven and God says, well, let me tell you what. I'm only giving you a decade here and you're out. Now I want the enduring part too. I want, the etern- I want life, but I want eternal life. I don't just want a taste of heaven. I want to make my home there forever and ever and ever. So the Word of God is living. It's a life-giving. God, well, that's what inspired me. He's breathed life into it. It isn't that my Bible goes boop, 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 boop. But the message will give eternal life. And that life isn't about physical life that lasts for 70 or 80 years or 90. No, this is forever enduring. So I think that when I think about endurance, I think, oh, endurance is a great thing. God's enduring word is wonderful. And that's the word that he gives us. And we need to hold on to it. So one last verse, one little easy little verse that's short and straight to the point. And we read one of Matthew's accounts that says the same thing, and it says it one more place in Matthew. But I'm going to turn over to Mark. Now, I'm going to make it easy for you to remember this. I'm going to give you four digits, but you only have to remember two, because it's 1313. Okay? 1313. Mark 1313. Here it is. Get ready. This would be a rough memory verse. You will be hated by all, but because of my name, because of my name but the one who endures to the end will be saved. <sighs> Got to ride it all the way to the end. All the <sighs> You know, sometimes you look at that. And let's say we're going to go climb up some mountain. <sighs> the only person that gets to see the view is the one that could finishes the job, goes to the top. Well, I got close. Two more steps and I'd have been there, but I just couldn't take two more steps. Well, you didn't make it. One more step, you didn't make it. If you're faithful to the last minute of your life and you don't remain faithful, you don't endure to the last second of your life, you won't be saved. We got to hang in there. We got to hang in there no matter what. It takes endurance. And you know what I found out about endurance that's interesting? The only way you can get endurance is to be put to a test for a long period of time. You know, there is a difference between an endurance race and a sprint. Sprint, you can be breathing hard when you finish. But you know, let's say you're going to run today. Forget, this will date me if I say 100-yard dash because it's 100 meters now. But what do you think more endurance for a person to run the 100-meter dash as fast as they can go or for someone to run a marathon? Now, I might not be real fast in 100 meters anymore, but I'd run one of them today. But the marathon, uh, you can run it without me. That's further than I want to run anymore. That's really further than I ever wanted to run, but that's further than I want to run anymore for sure. But I tell you what, you just got to, the only way you're going to get there is just keep putting one in, and you know what it happens? A step at a time. And that's how walking in the light works. And that's why we do today, because tomorrow may never come. So we're going to sing an invitation song. And if you don't remember anything in this lesson, remember, those who will be saved, they just hang in there. They keep on keeping on, they endure. 
and they trust and live according to the will of God, which is found in His living and enduring Word. We need to be so thankful for that. Maybe you're here today and you have never yet obeyed the gospel, confessed faith in Jesus Christ, Son of God, repented and been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. You need to do that because you haven't even started the life of endurance and you haven't had your name written with a reservation for heaven. Well, you need to do that today. And if you're a Christian and you've given up along the way and you forgot you were supposed to endure, or maybe you just need prayers that you be more enduring, if we can help in any way today, please come as we stand and sing.